Welcome to Yahoo Finance Presents. I'm Rick Newman. Joining us today, uh, Democratic Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York. Senator Gillibrand, good to see you again. Thank you, Rick. We're going to talk about the stimulus bill. A lot of people are very eager to know where this is likely to end up. So the Democrats have already passed the bill, the House Democrats, I should say. That's about $3 trillion in stimulus. The Republicans in the Senate have a bill for about $1 trillion. So is it fair to say that this is likely to come out somewhere in the range of, let's say, one $1.7 or so at the end of the process? We don't really know. Um, there's not a lot of meeting of the minds on most aspects of this legislation yet. Uh, Democrats are desperate to fund our cities, our states, and our local governments. Uh, I just talked to two of the county executives from Long Island, and they're facing budget shortfalls in the next eight, 18 months of about a billion dollars each. So it's hugely important that we fund our local and state governments. In fact, local and state governments and budgets are a third of our GDP. So we really do need to care about how our local governments are working. Um, so there's no agreement there, and there's no agreement on some of the overarching themes of what we want to support. This is still a triage bill. We want money for food stamps. We want money for sick days, money for paid leave, um, money for first responders and healthcare professionals, more PPE. Uh, and there's that doesn't seem to be part of the Republicans' um, worldview. So we have a long way to go, but hopefully uh, the negotiations can begin in earnest now that Senator McConnell has released his version of what he'd like to see. And hopefully we can get to a robust bill that actually funds the things that need to be funded, like our first responders. So for those of us looking in from the outside, um, I mean, if $1 trillion is the, if you could call that the Republicans opening bid, I mean, isn't it likely you're going to get some of those things you're asking for and perhaps even a lot of what you're asking for? Well, in Mitch McConnell's opening bid, the things he's prioritized are not things Democrats are prioritizing. For example, he said in no uncertain terms, it has to include um, liability protection. And what Democrats are hoping for is a new emergency OSHA standard so that there's a new standard for businesses to follow. And obviously, if they don't follow it or they are reckless, then they can be sued. But a blanket liability protection would mean bad employers who are abusing their privilege uh, would uh, not have any consequences or be able to be held accountable, which sounds dangerous to me. So but there's not a lot of common ground in the trillion dollars that was put forward. The one place we do agree, actually, is on small businesses. Um, both the Republicans and Democrats do want to keep lending and giving grant money to small businesses to stay open and keep paying their employees. Well, let me ask you about that um, business liability waiver. Would you be okay if that ended up in the final bill and there was also uh, an OSHA standard that says you only get the liability waiver if you can demonstrate that you met this particular safety standard? Would it, would it be okay if both of those were in a bill? Well, I don't want any blanket protection in the bill, but um, to say if you follow the OSHA standards, you are protected. Yes, that's the purpose of an OSHA standard. That would be something that I would definitely look at. Um, so in terms of the another one-time stimulus payment, the Republican bill has the same thing the Democratic um, bill has, which is a $1,200, another one, a little bit more generous for dependents above, uh, I think, above 17 or 18 years old. You got a um, $1,200 payment? I do. The problem with what was suggested by Leader McConnell is that he wants 70% of wages paid, and there's no way states can fund of every person's income. They don't have the bandwidth to do that. They'd have to do each person individually. So, yes, it'll if the, 
agreement will probably center along the lines of a, a standard payment for uh, supplemental unemployment insurance. Well, both. Um, right now, the uh, Senator McConnell's version has um, income replacement, but it's 70 percent of income. Uh, I think what we're looking for is a lump sum payment, but it, it would be monthly. It wouldn't be one time. So just to make sure, so right now at the federal, the federal supplement is an additional $600 per week, and that is running out at the end of this week. So that's essentially over. And uh, I believe the uh, Democratic bill wants to continue it at that level into January of next year. The McConnell bill says, no, it's got to go back to 200 and then it's got to, and then it's going to phase into this cap. Um, is it reason, could that just end up being $400 a week and let's call it a day? Let's you know, split the difference. I'm not sure. Um, the The purpose of the $600 was to make sure people don't live in poverty um, and aren't hungry and don't get evicted from their homes. So if we're going to lower that amount of money, um, maybe if there's um, an effort to give resources in a different way, but the whole point is that's pretty much the minimum amount a family would need to not be homeless and not have food. So, so to go... To go back to this idea of doing it as some percentage of income, which you referred to earlier, is that the idea is that you would your federal unemployment supplement would be uh, some percentage of the income you were getting before you lost your job. Is that just impossible to administer? It's impossible to administer by the states. Most states, unemployment insurance had been weakened uh, for a lack of funding and a lack of investment over years. So to ask them to make everybody's income a percentage of their previous income, it's not logistically possible for them. So, so that means the, the need a, a, a monthly stipend. So, so you're talking about a monthly rather than a weekly stipend, or you're talking about both together? I don't, it depends on how the state works. I mean, some states can issue a check every week, some can't. So I think it's just a logistical question, but the point is to replace enough wages so that people aren't um, in poverty. What are you hearing from uh, constituents in New York who run um, medium-sized and small businesses? How dire do you feel like their situation is? So I've talked to a lot of small business owners across New York, and they're all struggling. Many have already gone out of business, and some are just struggling to survive right now. Um, but one group of businesses that I did um, meet with just on Monday was childcare centers. Uh, both Friday and Monday, I went across the state and met with providers. And some have been able to stay open to be able to provide spaces for the children of our critical workers, our EMTs, our nurses, our doctors, our grocery store clerks, our pharmacy clerks. But many others, um, children stopped coming because of COVID, so they had to shutter their doors. They had to go out of business. And before COVID, there was a shortage of child care. There was one slot for every four kids that needed a child care spot. Um, today, post-COVID, there are eight children for every one child care, child care spot that's available. So I have a bill specifically to fund uh, $500 billion, excuse me, $50 billion of grant money for child care centers to be able to reopen, to be able to uh, pay their employees, um, to be able to do the cleaning and the PPE that they need so they can watch children safely. 
Uh, but early childhood education is something that's essential for our economy to be work to be running and having that availability is necessary for people to go back to work, especially because a lot of our school districts aren't going to reopen. And so if mom and dad are both at work and the school's not open, someone needs to be with that child while they're getting their remote learning. So we're going to need a lot more child care uh, as this pandemic continues. Is that something you want to be in this in the current stimulus bill or that separate legislation? Yes, I'd like the 50 billion to be part of the bill. I have longer term solutions for the absence of childcare and building up the infrastructure to have more tax credits, tax deductions, uh, grant money, but that's longer term. This is a this is a urgent. Right now we need 9 billion dollars a month alone just to meet the childcare needs of our critical workers and the ones that are trying to reopen to meet the needs of the workforce. And so this 50 billion at least gets us through the next five to six months. Um, but there's huge problems uh, in the childcare industry going forward because there's not enough availability and it's too expensive for most people. There are still problems with coronavirus testing, availability of supplies, uh, getting test re results back quickly enough to be meaningful and so forth. The different versions of the latest stimulus bill do have money for that. But the Trump administration obviously has just been very reluctant to institute any kind of federal testing plan. Is there any, can Congress force the Trump administration to do that? Can you pro provide the money for that and say HHS must do this? Or are you captive to whatever uh, President Trump decides to do on this? Um, with regard to, to what? To say? a federal testing program. Oh, so. President Trump has really failed in this regard. Uh, we would expect the president to use the powers of the federal government to use the Defense Production Act specifically to get more testing up and running, to get the labs uh, that can do the testing, um, the resources they need, to be able to manufacture the swabs and the reagents that we continue to see shortages of. And he's not done it. And it's, a, it's an outrage, to be honest, because if you wanted to reopen schools, which he clearly wants to, the only way to do it safely is to have universal testing, to have testing be so readily available that kids can be tested before they go to school, that they can be tested if they get a fever. Uh, that's how you reopen school safety safely. And he's not put any of the work in to do that. And well, so can, can Congress force him to do that through legislation or is that just can't do that? You, you can. Um, you could legislate solutions. Uh, but again, Mitch McConnell has not been a willing partner in this. And you could um, actually create the protocols necessary to get um, the infrastructure in place for the manufacturing of all the testing protocols and all the testing materials. Um, we've had the same challenge with PPE, the personal protective equipment. We've had to rely on China and other countries for manufacturing of masks and gloves and gowns, and that should all be made in America. And so I hope that Congress can come together and really begin to invest in U.S. manufacturing of critical uh, products that are necessary during pandemics or any other national emergency. You've been an advocate for the Postal Service. Um, there was some money for the Postal Service in uh, prior stimulus bills, and there look there could be uh, more money for the Postal Service in this current stimulus bill. This is important for a variety of reasons, one, one of them being um, election uh, security if we have a lot of mail-in voting in November. So are you satisfied that the Postal Service is getting what it needs with regard to the November election? No, unfortunately, the Postal Service is going to run out of money very soon. And we already saw challenges in some of the primaries um, with Postal Service not having the resources they needed. 
So one idea uh, which solves two problems is postal banking. It generates $9 billion a year, which would be enough uh, revenue to really guarantee uh, efficient and effective post offices for vote-by-mail elections. And second, it addresses the fact that 30% of Americans are unbanked or underbanked, meaning they don't have a savings or a checking account, difficult to get a micro loan or an end of the month loan. Um, unfortunately, that pushes a lot of people into predatory lending schemes and into predatory practices where it's very expensive. They pay exor- exorbitant interest rates uh, and often have to pay double or triple the amount for something because of the interest that's charged. So Postal banking would allow people who are low income to be able to have savings and checking accounts and get loans when they need them and shore up the post office. In terms of the election infrastructure, there's a bipartisan legislation waiting to be voted on that would give money to each state to give them the resources they need to guarantee they can do things like vote by mail, early voting, curbside voting, uh, other type of measures that allow people to vote safely. And uh, he, Mitch McConnell has been unwilling to let us vote on that bill. There's no chance uh, a bill on postal banking would pass this year, right? I don't think so. I don't think Mitch will even let us vote on it. Um, I mean, the, big, the big banks hate that. They've, they've been lobbying against that since, it, since the idea ever came up. Yeah, and it's so, it's so foolish that they lobby against it because these are customers they don't offer services to anyway and don't ever plan to. And the infrastructure, the post office is already there, and it was able to do this from the turn of the century straight until the 1960s and did it very effectively during World War I and World War II and during the Great Depression. So it's a solution that works, and for banks to oppose it just shows how foolish and out of touch they are because these are customers they are not interested in. You've mentioned Mitch McConnell a couple times blocking legislation you would like to see come to the floor and pass. Um, so it's looking pretty good for Joe Biden, and there's a reasonable chance Democrats could win the White House and take back the Senate next year. Um, if that were to happen, what would what do you think the first order of business would be for Democrats? What is the most important thing to uh, deal with first? I mean, when D- Democrats took the House in 2018, they passed H.R. 1, which had a lot of um, uh, clean up, go- clean government procedures and anti-corruption uh, pr- provisions and things like that. What would the Senate be interested in, a Democratic Senate? Well, certainly um, I support every provision in H.R. 1. So getting money out of politics, uh, having ethics reform, um, good government reforms, that's 100% necessary. But I think we're going to be still in the middle of COVID. So I think we need to pass whatever Mitch McConnell is not willing to let us do. We can pass, uh, hopefully, as one of the first bills. Whatever is not passed in this COVID-4 package, we could then move along with whatever is needed at that moment in time. But city and state money, getting rid of the, the SALT changes for state and local deductions in New York has been crippling for middle class families, uh, making sure we fund the local governments and states that desperately need our resources. Um, that's going to be a priority no matter what, because uh, I don't see McConnell allowing those provisions, or at least all of them, to go through. Joe Biden is willing to raise taxes. Our audience at Yahoo Finance cares a lot about this because he one of his policies is to raise the business tax from 21% up to 28%, still lower than it was a few years ago. Could um, Congress conceivably do that in 2021 in the uh, middle or immediate aftermath of this recession we're in? Well, absolutely. Um, Congress would certainly debate issues of taxes to see what makes sense. Um, but 
I think where we really want to focus our attention is on access to healthcare, uh, improving our education system, uh, job training. That's where the common ground lies in this country, healthcare, education, and jobs. And so I think the agenda will be focused more on is that, um, as well as getting money out of politics, because we've seen the corruption and corrosion of our democracy because of special interests. And so one of my priorities will be getting money out of politics. Is there any single provision you would champion right now? For the future, yeah. National For getting money out of politics. Oh, yes, my provisions, which I wrote uh, during the presidential campaign. Um, it's called Democracy Dollars, and it basically says if you're willing to be a publicly funded candidate, then you agree you won't accept contributions over $200, and then you, you accept contributions in the form of a democracy dollar from the voters that would vote for you. And then that can be reimbursed for uh, resources for your campaign. Um, that alone would change everything because they did that in Seattle and it changed who ran, it changed who won. And participation amongst women, lower income individuals, minorities, it, it increased exponentially. And so it made a difference. It creates good government. And then the things that seem so impossible, like gun reform or immigration reform uh, or election reform, all of those things stop having massive impediments in their way because that's what's funded by the special interests. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Democrat of New York, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. You're welcome. Thank you. See you again, I hope. Yes, thank you. Take care.